So there haven't been enough studies to really show that this is a way of eating that is going to do those things for athletes like they want it to. That Triathlon Show, Episode 8. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show. As always, I'm your host, Michael Eriksson from scientifictriathlon.com. Today's podcast is about nutrition for triathletes. This is a topic that I know a lot of you have been emailing me, asking and telling me that it's something that you want to know more about. I have been able to reply to some of those emails and for the others that have come in recently, I have just referred you to this episode and been saying that wait a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and we'll have this episode out and you'll be able to learn all you need to know about nutrition or the questions that you have through this episode, because it's one that I'm really excited about. The guest that I have on today to talk about nutrition for triathletes and especially about how to how you need to individualize it as well for different scenarios and different demographics and types of training is Kim Schwabenbauer. She's somebody that I trust a lot when it comes to nutrition advice, which is why I wanted to have her as the first nutrition expert on the show. Before we go into the interview with Kim, however, I want to take another listener question. I started having these in the last episode, and you can send these to me on my email at michael at scientifictriathlon.com. My email address and Twitter handle is in the show notes on thattriathlonshow.com, but it's just Michael with a K and at scientifictriathlon.com if you want to submit your questions and have them answered on the show. So today's question is from Paul, and he wants to know about pre-workout snacks that sit well and don't make you feel uncomfortable during your training session and don't make your stomach upset. So I'll just give you two quick tips and one would be a banana with a little bit of peanut butter. And the peanut butter is there primarily, for me at least, if you're like me, you get hungry pretty easily and the peanut butter will be satiating. So that helps you get you through the training session. And then we have rice cakes, a couple of rice cakes with peanut butter as well. That's another go-to favorite that I have. And both of those will provide you with quick little bit of carbs that will give you some extra energy that you can absorb quickly to use in your workout. And neither of them have a lot of fiber or anything that will make your stomach really upset. They're easy to digest, both of them. So that's why I would recommend those two. Banana or rice cakes with peanut butter. And I actually also saved a few of the listener questions for Kim, so she will answer them during the interview. So you have that to look forward to as well. Now for today's interview, Kim Schwabenbauer is a triathlon coach and a pro triathlete herself just recently returned to the pro ranks after having some time off to have a baby. And she's a registered dietitian at fuelyourpassion.net. She recently got her master's degree in exercise science as well, and she has a personal trainer certificate and also does a lot of public speaking. Kim is a lifelong athlete and found triathlon after running track and cross country in high school and college and without further ado let's dive in and meet kim and talk about nutrition for triathletes basically yes i'm, I'm a triathlon coach I have a nutrition program I do as well with athletes that aren't part of our core group of athletes, but just people who want to come in and work with, with me. And um, I actually just got my master's in exercise science 
just actually graduated a week ago. I actually Congrats. also got my, thank you. It feels good to have that off my plate and uh, also got my personal training certification. So I'm kind of trying to round out my uh, knowledge base and um, I love working with athletes. I love speaking. I do a lot of speaking engagements all over the country on nutrition and specifically sports nutrition. So it's really been an amazing journey and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where things go from here, both as an athlete and as a professional. You have some really exciting times ahead of you, it sounds like. So that's that's really cool. And it will be interesting to follow what you what you end up doing now that you, that you graduate and everything. So <laughs> let's, let's jump, jump into the main interview. So I was thinking that most of this interview will be spent discussing different scenarios about different types of athletes and how they can apply nutrition principles to their specific cases and specific scenarios, basically. But before we do that, let's just briefly cover what do you consider the main nutrition principles that apply to most triathletes? Absolutely. There are some things that are a foundation, no matter who you are, or how much you're training, your age, your weight, all of those things are some things that every triathlete should think about. And the first one is that you need to eat for health first and then performance. I see a lot of athletes coming to me that do not have their health under control yet. They need to think about things like their cholesterol levels, their triglycerides. They need to make sure that their blood sugar is, is where it needs to be. All those things, make sure there aren't any underlying conditions going on with them nutritionally before they worry about faster, faster, faster. You can't get faster, faster, faster until you actually cover the other things that you need to do to make sure that your health is on track. And once that happens, then everything else will start falling into place with performance. But health first, performance second. So that's my biggest one for everyone is, you know, do some of those initial things. And one of those is know your numbers. So they do need to know some initial nutritional screening numbers. For instance, iron is big for triathletes. So especially females, we tend to have low iron. And if we don't have enough, we're not going to carry enough oxygen and we're going to feel tired all the time. So know your iron, maybe do a routine blood screen at the beginning of the year, beginning of the season, maybe right now before you're about to get started with your training for next season. And then check your iron, your vitamin D, check calcium, check some of your just a CBC, a complete blood count. So you know your, you know, hematocrit, hemoglobin, red blood cell count, all those things. And then that can really tell you a little bit about your overall profile before you get into training. And two months down the line, you don't feel well and you're wondering what's going on. And so at least you can go back and see where you were at the beginning once you do some testing at that time and kind of compare those two things. And then a couple other things, bars and supplements do not replace food. They are not the same as eating food. So every triathlete needs to focus on actually eating real food instead of just, oh, I'm going to throw down a bar. I'm going to just eat a bar for lunch and keep on going. We need things that are in real food, like phytochemicals and nutrients. So those antioxidants, we can't get them from bars. We can't get them from supplements. So we really need to get them from whole foods for the most part. And my last big one is protein. Spread it throughout the day. I don't care who you are. Eat protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 25, 30 grams for breakfast, lunch, and dinner will really help you to maintain you know, your appetite, your weight. You'll feel better with your blood sugar. And so spread it out throughout the day. Every athlete can do better with that. Yeah, there's not just one athlete that probably just eats a lot of 
carbs and for for breakfast and, and lunch and then have a big 300 gram steak where they just can't absorb even half of the protein and it, that's in it for dinner so that's a big one i agree definitely and uh, when you get yep. your your health right uh, when you when you are at the point when you can start eating for performance as well are there any other common mistakes that you see at that point or any other principles that you should take into account yeah i think there's definitely um some things that i continually see with athletes and one of those is worrying about their weight and their body composition especially in when we get past january everybody's going oh no i the holidays i you know i ate too much i did this i did that i drank too much and now instead of using sports nutrition like i should be using it for instance if i have a long bike ride of let's say two hours i'm just going to fuel with water so I'm going to fuel with water. And what ends up happening is your, your workout isn't as good. So you don't feel as good during the workout. Your body is drawing upon its own stores of carbohydrates. It's glycogen in the muscles. So you're, you're taking out your own stores. And then afterwards, you are ravenous. So you're going to eat the first thing that you see in your house. You're not going to be thinking about nutrition or, or good nutrition, good protein afterwards, or good carbohydrates to put in your body. You're going to be thinking, where is the first thing that I can eat? So I see a lot of athletes skimping on sports nutrition in the way it should be used, which is after the one hour mark, you need to have at least 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour so that you can feel good during the workout and that you don't end up ravenous after the workout. So use sports nutrition in the way that it should be used in that second, third, fourth hour that has electrolytes, carbohydrates, all the things that you need to have good workouts. So use it the way it should be intended to use, you know, use it, not just, oh, I'm going to cut calories. So I'm going to cut out all this sports nutrition. That's not the way to do it. And especially after the holiday season, the first thing that you'll see in your house is probably going to be something not very healthy. So that's what you're going to uh, gonna stuff in, stuff in your face with uh, when, you, when you get back from that long ride. So yeah, not, not a good idea. So let's, yeah, get in, exactly. let's get into the individualization side of things. So first, can you give us a, a brief overview of why it's so important and what's the different dimensions it has basically for, for athletes on different levels and different demographics? Yeah, I mean, it's so important to have an individualized plan. If you have access to somebody who is a registered dietitian or you can read articles from someone who has actually um, gone to four years of school, they know their stuff, they've done the research, they understand how to translate it to you because the, the fact is there's a lot of nutrition misinformation out there. And, you know, if you just go read the something that's a headline in the news, it's not going to be individualized to you. No, that person doesn't know your individual history, your background. They don't know if you have any underlying health conditions, medications that you're on, things like that. So you really do want to work with somebody versus just try to follow some meal plan that you really have no, the long-term benefit of that, of you trying to follow some meal plan, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to do it for, you're going to make it for a couple of days and then you're going to give it up because it doesn't fit your lifestyle. It doesn't fit your training needs, all those things. So what every athlete needs are some amount of carbohydrates, good types of good quality carbohydrates. They need fluid individualized to them, their own sweat rate. So you need to know your sweat rate. You need to get an individualized plan so that you can replace that fluid while you're training. Um, so you don't end up three, four, five, six pounds down after you get off the bike. You need, of course, your energy to be individualized to you. So you know, are you, am I eating in general the calories that I need to be eating to support my training on a daily basis and make sure I feel good? 
and of course your protein. And all, a lot of that is dependent on your body size, your body composition, and what your goals are for those things. So do you want to remain at the same body composition, same percentage fat, or are you trying to reduce your fat at this point? So those kind of numbers will change. The protein, carbohydrates, and fat macronutrients will change based on what you want to do. So that's why following a meal plan is just really tough. It's something that isn't going to be the way to do it for most people. What do you need to get started? You mentioned there knowing your, your own sweat rate. Do you need to know anything else like your metabolic rate and stuff like that? What the basic numbers that you need to have before embarking upon a journey of individualizing your nutrition? Yeah, I mean, if you can know your sweat rate, and that's really easy to do, really just getting on a scale before you work out, you, want, you do want to get out, get on without clothing. And then you go do your workout, you keep track of how much fluid you consume. Uh, during that workout, you cannot use the restroom while you're on the workout, you have to just not go during that time period. And then you get back on the scale afterward and you see how much you lost. You can put all that information into the computer. It's going to come out with your sweat rate. Same thing can actually be true for your nutrition. You can put in your age, weight, your height, and then of course, how much you're training per day. And you can get an idea of your basal metabolic rate. So that's kind of a place to start to know in general, this is how many calories I need to sustain what it is I'm doing on a daily basis. So your, your activity level times that basal metabolic rate will actually give you the number that you're looking for. And there's a lot of websites that are credible that can do this for you. I tend to steer people to the USDA website, which is supertracker.usda.gov. So super tracker, S-U-P-E-R-T-R-A-C-K-E-R dot U-S-D-A dot G-O-V. And that's a great website that you can put in that information. And it'll give you an idea even of how many food groups of each type you want to eat throughout the day. So that kind of gives you what, how to balance things out. So you're not eating all from one food group. You're making sure you space those things out. And we'll include a link to that and other resources mentioned in the show notes as well. So, great. so people can easily find it. So let's let's run a few scenarios by you for different types of, of athletes and and persons and, and how you would advise them if they were your clients to plan their their nutrition so let's start sure. with somebody who's a complete beginner to triathlon maybe in their 40s and uh, let's say it's a female and they train five or six hours per week so something yep. like that yeah absolutely so the first thing that i would say is what is this person's goal is their goal to you know be able to just complete the triathlon? If so, they just need the amount of carbs that's going to jive with that amount of training. So a good amount to look for is about four to five grams of carbohydrates per kilogram. So a lot of people in the world use kilograms, so that's easy. If you use pounds, it's going to be your pounds divided by 2.2 to get kilograms. So once you know your kilograms, then you can take that number times about four to five and, you know, in that range, it's going to give you a carbohydrate gram number per day that you want to stick to. So you want to be right around that amount to make sure that you are recovering properly, that you're ready for training the next day. But that's not the same amount that somebody's going to need if they're training 20 hours a week. So that's a good start. A protein amount for that person might be around 1 to 1.2 grams per kilogram. So that would give that person enough protein that they're able to replenish what they need. If they break down their stores while they're training, they're going to be able to build that muscle back once they are, you know, recovering from that exercise. So those are the two main ones. And, and you want to keep the check, fat in check. You want to make sure that you're not going overboard, having some healthy fats in the diet as well. So complex carbohydrates, grains, grains that are whole grains, especially 
fruits, vegetables, some low-fat dairy, some beans, some things like that are some good carbohydrates to make sure that they include in that four to five grams per kilogram. Mm. And at this point, actually, I might inject a listener question that we got about. Uh, okay. It was from uh, Chris, who is asking, are grains and wheat really evil? Now that you mentioned uh, good carbs and, and whole grains. Yeah, absolutely. There's a place for every type of carbohydrate in the diet. What you need to do and what athletes need to do is be strategic, be smart about when you're going to have which type of carbohydrate. Some carbohydrates raise our blood sugar really quickly, and those types are great for right before your workout. So let's say I have a lot of Christmas cookies around my house right now. If I'm going to eat those Christmas cookies, I'm going to eat them about 30 minutes before I'm going to go work out because I know that my body is going to be using that extra blood sugar that I just put in the system and it's going to use it for that workout and it's going to say, great, you're giving the muscles the fuel they need and I'm going to use it for good. I'm not going to store it, in, which is what happens when we eat large amounts of carbohydrates that are very refined, so they raise the blood sugar quickly, at times in which we're not working out. So if you decide to eat that at you know your two o'clock lunch and then sit around for the next five hours, it's not going to be used for you know working out or something good. It's probably going to be stored as fat eventually. So carbohydrates are not evil. It's the type of carbohydrates that people are having at the times in which that maybe aren't quite appropriate that they want to do. So they want to watch to have whole grains and other types of carbs at your meals, and they're going to have fiber. They're going to have phytonutrients, phytochemicals that are going to be helping you. And you want to have that for breakfast, lunch, dinner, but keep the portion size reasonable. Just don't overdo the carbs. Make sure you are having protein and fat. Carbs got a bad name because the portion sizes were too big, not because it was the carbs. <laughs> so that's my main spiel about carbs. Athletes need carbs. We just need the right kinds at the right type time. That's a very good point. Another thing that I, a point that I would make about uh, carbs and especially like let's say white pasta and, and white rice and, and white bread, basically that uh, it's useful for races and stuff like that when you really need your stomach to, to play ball and not become upset or anything. There are, there's time and place for like fiber-rich carbs, but if you're doing a really hard workout or a race, then it might be better to just fuel with uh, before that with, with something that's really easy on your stomach. Absolutely. That's exactly what I would say. Keep the, the fiber is great, but keep that maybe two to three hours away from the workout on the front end. And even right afterward, we want the highly refined carbohydrates. So something that is more white, that doesn't have a ton of fiber, you know, so that can be, you know, English muffin or white bread or something like that that's easily digestible and we'll get the carbs back in your system fast and replenish those. So there's a great time for those types. It's before the workout and after the workout. Other than that, be going more towards the type with fiber and, and the whole grains. Excellent. So let's uh, take another scenario. What about uh, a really advanced age grouper, like somebody trying to qualify for, uh, for 70.3 worlds or for Kona? Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone like that is going to be training probably in the neighborhood of, you know, 15 hours, maybe even 20 hours. So maybe similar to even some of what, what the pros might train. They're usually going to be doing strength training. So someone like that needs to focus on carbs because every time that they're out there for a four or five hour bike ride, their body only has about 2000 calories of stored carbohydrate. So once you use it, you're either replenishing it during that workout or you're going to feel really not so great during that workout. So especially afterwards, you need to make sure that you're replacing those carbohydrates. So that athlete needs actually around, say, nine or 10 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram. So that's almost double what I just told you for the beginner. So I said four or five. Now we're talking nine or 10 grams per kilogram. And they need to spread that throughout the day. Make sure you have some good carbohydrates for breakfast. That can be something like 
a whole grain waffle or oatmeal or something with whole grain toast. Same thing for lunch. Include some whole grains or and some even refined grains in there as well because they're going to need more calories overall than the person who is just a beginner. So know your calorie level. Make sure you're meeting that on a daily basis. And protein. They're going to really be in more in the range of 1.2 to 1.8 grams per kilogram per day. So that's significantly more than the beginning athlete as well. So they want to watch their protein, make sure it's high enough, especially right after workouts. So you need 20 to 25 grams of protein within that 45 minute window right after a workout to make sure that you're really taking care of your body and giving it what it needs to recover as well as some carbohydrates in that window as well. About 75 grams of carbohydrates at least is a good plan for most athletes. Yeah, and I love how you're giving us all the numbers. That, so I'll definitely include all those in the show notes as well. And I'm thinking on this point okay. spot here that I'll I'll make a spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet that people can just plug in there. Or we have the different types of athletes and then they can just plug in their body weight and they can get a, a number of proteins and carbs they can use. So go check out the show notes, people. There will be some, some good stuff there. Yeah, Perfect. Well, another thing that I, I was going to ask related to this, the more advanced age groupers is, should people try to emulate what the pros eat? We talked a bit before the show about, for example, Matt Fitzgerald has a new book coming out about that is specifically about that, what the pros eat, what their, their nutrition looks like. But is that something that people should try to emulate in terms of the types of food that they eat? Well, let me say this. Pros are genetically probably a little bit more predisposition to what it is that we're doing. So let's start there. I, I was asking my coach the same thing when I first started as a professional. And I said, you know, how come I can see some of these pros that are out there drinking, they're out there eating, they're out there doing whatever they want. Their talent in their genetics is above what most people can do. So they have that ability sometimes to do things that are not normal and still get away. Well, someone can say, well, they still have great workouts. They're still amazing. They sure are because they're in a different place than the most of us. Most of us are, are working 40 hours a week, have families, are trying to balance all these other things. So our nutrition must be in a spot on or at least 80% of the time doing the right thing versus someone who has, you know, can sleep 10 hours a night and can take a two hour nap during the day and their entire focus is training and recovery. That's all they're doing. The rest of us are not in that case. So we need to pay a lot of attention to nutrition and really, in, in the, what we need to be thinking about is these numbers I'm talking about. So getting those things right, getting your calories, your energy in the right place, making sure it's enough, focusing on the, the recovery right after the workout, watching the amount of alcoholic drinks you have every week. So saying, okay, I'm just going to have one drink in a sitting or two at most because it's dehydrating. So the next day, I'm going to feel those effects if I decide to do something like that. So, you know, can we do what the pros do? Yeah, if that pro is really focused on their nutrition, if they're getting in six, eight vegetable servings a day, and they're really, you know, a couple fruit servings a day, and they're focusing on low-fat dairy and beans and good protein sources, yeah, follow that pro, if that's what that pro is doing. But if you've got a pro who's eating, you know, a ton of things that they really sh shouldn't be eating all the time, they might be able to get away with it, because guess what? Their genetics are better than you, and they have all the time in the world. So you've got other things going on. So you're going to have to be smarter about what you do. So are you saying that's that, what I say to that person. Are, are you saying that a lot of, of pros don't really pay that much attention to their nutrition or don't uh, do it really well? I think it just depends on the person. I think some people can get away with more and plus maybe the amount that they have to eat is just so far and above what everybody else is able to eat. So they might be able to err on the side of eating a few more things that they shouldn't necessarily be eating all the time. But um, I think it depends on the person. And sometimes it's a progression. You start in one place as a pro and then you notice that your performance is getting better and better as you really dial in the things you need to do. And you go, oh, wait a minute. 
I know, I know what it was. I'm finally doing the right things here and I'm really taking care of my body. And now my performance is getting better. So then they'll start to really make that connection and say, ah, this is what I need to do. So it depends on who you're talking about. <laughs> right. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's uh, run a third scenario. And uh, this would be a busy executive. A lot of listeners uh, are in pretty intensive jobs with a lot of travel and they, a lot of meetings and might not necessarily always have half an hour or an hour to eat lunch. And uh, they might be traveling and have very, very tight schedules, basically. So right. anything that, that they can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people like that tend to be meal skippers. So, you know, I know that life is busy, but you can't skip meals. You absolutely must plan, plan, plan. If you have that much money, have someone else do the planning for you. I know very busy executives and people who run companies that have someone who basically portions out all their meals for the week, including their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They say what they want in terms of protein and carbs and fiber and all those things, and someone just does it for them. If you have that kind of money, do it. It's an amazing time saver. You could just, you know, trust what you're getting is something that is good for you and all that kind of stuff. But don't skip meals. Skipping meals only sends your body into a bad place in terms of trying to figure out where it's going to raise blood sugar from. So, and you're going to feel bad. And the next thing you have is probably not going to be the thing that you should be having because you're going to feel so awful. So don't skip meals, watch the caffeine. People like to drink caffeine and just power through and they end up again, having a real crash at times when they don't have enough caffeine or having withdrawals from that. And again, the, the nutrition can really suffer. So the biggest people thing people can do is sleep. You know, if you could get seven and a half hours of sleep every night, even as a busy executive, you're going to make much better nutrition decisions during the day. Your body is going to function better. It's not going to be less, less cortisol running around, which is an inflammation type of fight or flight marker. And, and so that would be a good thing for somebody. Right. And then uh, a few special food groups like vegetarians and vegans. Uh, what, what would you advise mm-hmm. them to do? Yeah, they really need to focus on if they're not going to be consuming animal products, they need to make sure they get vitamin B12. Um, and they need to get it from probably supplements or fortified foods, other vegetarian made foods that are specific for them. Sometimes like some tofus and some different soy products will, will fortify with B12. So that's the biggest one. And then also watching their vitamin D, their calcium, because especially for women, those two are bone building vitamins and minerals. So we really need those two. And so if they're not getting them from dairy sources, they're probably going to have to do again, look at a supplement. So uh, someone like that really needs to be monitoring their protein intake all the time, where they're getting their protein from, and then not having too much fiber right around the workouts because their their fiber is usually very high if you're a vegetarian or vegan. And so you want to watch the amount, like we said earlier, before the workouts and after the workouts, just try to keep that in check and have it at other times of the day. Right. And finally, are there any other use cases that you see a lot with a traffic list of, of special sort of needs or groups demographics that that you want to bring up that we haven't mentioned yet that would be useful i mean nothing specific other than you know i just get a lot of people that want to work with me to lose weight and the thing to do there is just be strategic about your carbs keep your protein high keep your fiber high by having fruits and vegetables throughout the day and you know know your numbers so know your like i said do your your profile of your blood work at the beginning so you have some idea where you are cuz if you have a thyroid problem you're going to be you know it's a futile effort because you're going to be trying to work on nutrition and your body saying i don't have the metabolic burning capacity that i should with the thyroid at the level it needs to be so check those things first sometimes i end up working with somebody and they don't check until later and i say well that was it that was the problem <laughs> you know i wish we would check that earlier so yeah just checking those things Excellent. And then uh, a couple of more listener questions there again from Chris. And uh, we actually had a discussion on uh, on my newsletter pretty recently with there were a lot of people writing in about uh, 
an article that I wrote basically whether you should go low carb or not. And and related to that, he he's asking, is is it worth going on a ketogenic diet? And also, when would you recommend a high carb, lower fat diet? And when would you advise a lower carb, high fat diet? Like kind of periodizing your nutrition. Well. I would say that most athletes, there's sort of a minimum amount of carbs that we should be having. And that number that I was talking about at four or five grams per kilogram is probably where I would look for a minimum for most people because your brain only functions on carbohydrates and you're just not going to feel good. You're not going to recover as fast from workouts. So, you know, this metabolic efficiency thing might work on a very short-term basis, but it's not probably going to improve your performance long-term. So there haven't been enough studies to really show that this is a way of eating that is going to do those things for athletes like they want it to. What does help is maybe focusing on those numbers throughout the year changing. So as your training picks up, then yes, your carbohydrate needs pick up. So you can be strategic with the, the amount you're going to have throughout the year, and that will help you. So it's not really low carb, high carb. It's more adjusting for the amount of training you're doing. If you're going to train 20 hours a week, you probably do need to be closer to the 8, 9, 10 grams of, of carbohydrates you know, per kilogram. And, and so athletes need to be smart about the times in which they do this. If it's a very low intensity time for you, like a pre-base season or a base part of your season, yeah, you can probably get away with a few less carbs. You're probably going to be okay. But if, as the intensity picks up and the volume picks up, you're not going to feel as good. You're not going to recover as fast. And your workouts are going to suffer if you don't have enough on a daily basis. So I would say to most people, just period, you say the word, periodize your nutrition, just like you would your training with carbohydrates in mind. Okay, excellent. So that's all okay. I have for, the, for these, um, these main interview segments. So, but we have a few rapid fire questions left to do. So just a few sweet and short questions with, with short answers. So are you ready for oh it? Boy. I think so. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to nutrition or triathlon? Favorite book would be, um, well, I actually am really excited. Meredith Kessler has a book out and it's excellent. So I really like her book. She's got a great resource there for all athletes. So I'd check out her book. I think it's called The Life of a Triathlete. I'm pretty sure. So I can check with that and get it back to you. Okay, yeah. excellent. And I'll have it on the show notes. Thank you. What's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? Oh, favorite gear is definitely the blender. So I, I use the blender. I mean, I have a, I don't want to plug specific brands, but Nutribullet. So that's the kind I have, but you know, anything that will blend up into things into a smoothie as fast as possible. Yep. That's mine as well. That's excellent. <laughs> What's yeah. a personal habit that's helped you achieve success? I just refuse to give up no matter what. I mean, I, I don't care what we're talking about. People have told me I can't do things and I really just look them in the face and know to myself, you know, even if I don't say it, you know what? That's not how it's going to be. You don't know me very well. So that's one of the things I use in life. <laughs> What's your favorite recipe for a meal or a pre or post workout snack or anything? I absolutely make smoothies all the time. It sounds like you do too. So if I put, you know, 20 grams of whey protein and uh, some berries and some spinach and maybe a little bit of flaxseed, um, that's a perfect post-workout smoothie for me. And I usually have it in the shower, which I know is not normal, but I just <laughs> figure if I'm going to shower, I might as well get my cup with a straw and drink it. <laughs> yeah, I do everything else except for the in the shower part. Uh, okay. what, what, what do you wish you had known or wish you had done differently at some earlier point in your triathlon journey? Honestly, I wish I had hired a coach and a good coach earlier. So I just, you know, I didn't realize I needed an individualized personal coach that it would make such a difference in my training and, and just to work with me on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So it took me a while to find the right coach and, and now I feel really good about my choice. Okay, excellent. So Kim, this has been really, really great. Find, is, where can people find out more about you and what you got going on? And is there anything that you want to plug? 
Yeah, absolutely. My Twitter handle is at Fuel Your Passion. So that's for both Twitter and Instagram. As you said, my website is fuelyourpassion.net. So you can find my blog there where I talk about all kinds of different things and some of the sponsor products that I'm using and all kinds of stuff like that. I hope you found that interview useful. And as mentioned, do go to the show notes on thattriathlonshow.com to get the spreadsheets that I made for you with these numbers that Kim provided about different macronutrient intake ranges for different weights and, and hydration spreadsheets and so on. So that you can find those tools there on the show notes page, and I hope it'll be useful for you. So my main takeaway is nothing new or nothing groundbreaking, but so many triathletes do the mistake of really trying to eliminate or minimize the amount of carbs when actually carbs, there's nothing evil with carbs. And the very vast majority of elite triathletes or endurance athletes in general eat a hell of a lot of carbs in pure English. So, and it's not different for you. You need to eat less, of course, but you still need to fuel your training and carbs is a really, really effective fuel, much more effective than fat. There is more fat in the body, yes, but you can't burn it as as fast as you can with carbs, which is so you'll limit your performance in workouts if you if you try to fuel workouts on just fat that you already have stored in your body. So so that's my main takeaway. Many triathletes don't do this right. Please, please, please get it right and don't skip those carbs. But stick to high quality carbs. So you don't need to eat. If you want to eliminate something from your diet, you can for sure eliminate refined grains and so on and replace them with with whole grains and and even things like sweet potatoes and, and more fruits, more fruits and vegetables, even though there's not a lot of carbs in vegetables, the the macronutrients that are available in vegetables are carbs. So so those are good fuel sources. And just as an example, I recently started working with an athlete that had been going backwards for a couple of months in her triathlon training and couldn't figure out why. And during our talks, we finally got to the root cause of it. And she had also started working with a personal trainer and got a nutrition plan from the personal trainer, which was very much geared towards an LCHF population or maybe a, even a bodybuilder type of person, not necessarily as much protein, but LCHF, so low carb, high fat, I would call it. And and that was just around the time that she had started really going backwards in training and and even even outside of training, having trouble sleeping and and recovering properly. She was in her 50s. So that is the time when you really, really need to make the most out of nutrition and recovery and everything. Otherwise, time will catch up. So so nutrition was definitely something that we immediately I, I didn't try the nutrition plan. That's not my job. That's not I'm not an expert in that, but I do know that you need carbs. And in that situation it was clear to me in two seconds that this woman needs carbs in her in her diet and that that is the reason that that things are going backwards so that immediately started to turn things in the right direction and now she's on a good track so so that's just an example of why carbs are really really important all right as always i want to thank you so much for listening to the show and please help me spread the word by telling your friends and if you have been listening to the show now since we started uh, eight episodes ago and you haven't yet gotten around to rating and reviewing it in iTunes, then it just takes a few seconds to open up iTunes, type in that triathlon show in the search bar, and open the podcast and go to rate and review and leave a quick rating and review for us. That really, really would make my decade. 
Thank you for listening to the show. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlons.